This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by the newly designed Full Focus Notebooks to help you capture genius whenever it strikes. Learn more at focusonthispodcast.com slash notebook. Hierarchically? Hierarchically? Help me out, verbs. Try it. I'm thinking too hard now. Hierarchically. Nope. Hierarchically. What is the word? It's probably not a word. Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet. So you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays with your hosts, Courtney Baker and Blake Stratton. What's up, Courtney? How you doing? Hey, Blake. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. It's Monday and I'm feeling great. This is a song. <laughs> I really thought that was like at the beginning, like a... um. Was it Black Street? Before I let you go, before I let you go, can I get a kiss goodnight, baby? Come on, Verbs, don't leave me hanging. <laughs> I wish people could see in this room sometimes. Verbs is like laying over like they're, like they're like, who just walked in? Was that Brian McKnight just walked in the room? <laughs> who was that? No, it was me. Mm, I was mm-hmm. the one singing. You know, yeah, that's exactly what they're thinking. <laughs> no. Hey, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, have you ever, like at the end of the week, you just like Friday afternoon thought, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> I'm serious. That feeling of like, I came into this week kind of hopeful, or actually maybe you were dreading it a little bit. And then at the end of the week, you're like, nothing that I wanted have happened happened yeah you know what's happened to me is on fridays i've talked to elena my wife and we have said oh i kind of miss you (laughs) like this Mm. week was a blur yeah how is it already friday that's a good way to describe it a blur Mm -hmm. i think a lot of times we get into that mode when it's just reactive everything is reactive Nothing is like thought of. It's just like we're doing all the things other people have put on our plate to do. It's definitely tiring. And I notice, yeah, I brought up my wife a second ago, but I notice that I'll get more irritable when I'm in that mode. If I'm mm-hmm. in that mode for consecutive days and you know consecutive weeks, especially, I'm tired. And then everyone else around me, they get to benefit from my just lovely attitude yeah. that, I, that I bring to them. Well, and I think what that leads to is dreading Mondays. And we promise on this podcast, I don't know if you remember, Blake, but you that you're lo- going to love Mondays again. Yeah, you got to love Mondays. But it's hard to love Mondays when you feel like you're not doing a good enough job or that you're incompetent or you don't know when you're going to get the stuff that you need, whether it's free time, rest time, or appropriate work time. You don't know when that time is ever going to happen. Yeah. And so you kind of carry that anxiety with you. Again, I I brought the oxygen tank because apparently we're going deep right here. <laughs> but that's real. And I think, uh, you know, when we carry that with us for multiple weeks at a time, all of a sudden, it really does affect our work. Uh, of course, it affects our goals and goal achievement, which is something we major on here on the podcast, but it also affects our inner world and our relationships. Yeah, absolutely. So here's the big idea we want to talk about today. You can't plan your days if you don't plan your weeks. 
you've really got to make the week your basic planning unit. That sounds kind of nerdy, but it's actually really exciting. It is. And we're not talking about a weekly preview. We've done an episode on that before. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think that was episode nine. Okay. If you're curious about that. Good memory. Wow. We've talked about setting a big three for your day, but sometimes you still just feel like stressed, like you don't have a handle on everything. And there's a tool we want to talk about to help you with that, to blur proof your weeks, and we call it the ideal week. So we believe you should use this tool that we call the ideal week for three reasons that we'll talk about on this episode. Yeah, and at the end of the day, and really the end of the week, you're going to feel that sense of control, and you're going to be a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I because you'll know there is a place for that. Mm. Is it quality time with my family? Is it space to go to church? Is it time to work on my most important projects? You will know there is built-in space for that. If nothing else changes, I know I have a plan. I have a standard, really, for having a place for the things that matter most. Yep, and we've actually got a free tool for everybody listening that we're going to give as well. Uh, but before we do that, Verbs, Whoa, how you doing? What a marketer. That was an amazing team. <laughs> that like, was what amazing. is the free tool? That was amazing. Uh, once again, just thanking everybody tuning in to today's podcast. Happy Monday to you. I uh, want to remind you that we always are awaiting new incomers, new members of our Full Focus Planner community right there on Facebook. All you need to do is search in Facebook for Full Focus Planner Community and you will be inside the mix among other people internationally and worldwide. Lots of conversations happening about planners and planner usage. So uh, make sure you check that out. That's all I have for you right now, Blake and Courtney. But I do have a review that I will leave later on. Oh, look at Verbs coming back with his own teaser. So back to the topic at hand for the day. You can't plan your days if you don't plan your weeks. You can't plan your days if you don't plan your weeks. And we believe you should use this ideal week concept. It's baked into the planner, but truthfully, it is a concept. You don't need to buy the planner in order to use an ideal week, but it's this powerful concept that you should start using for three reasons. Yeah, and before we get into those reasons, let's talk about what an ideal week is. So... It's basically a one-week calendar. If you use the Full Focus Planner, it's on pages 28 and 29, but we've got a free tool for everybody listening, so everybody can use it. So you can go download an ideal week to be able to use this principle. You can get that at focusonthispodcast.com slash ideal week. That's right. So it is baked into the planner. I actually use my ideal week in my planner, but also my Google Calendar, which I'll talk about more later how that works. But here's what you do in an ideal week. You list your ideal activities for each day of the week. So for example, when do you ideally want to do your morning routine? When do you ideally want to start your work day? Is there a specific day of the week you want to have the majority of your meetings? Is there a time where you uh, want to go to church or to do a fun social activity or a rec league or something like that. You sketch that out as if 
this is what a week would look like as if everything went according to plan. Yeah, this is basically like your default schedule. And I think it's important to know, we say that it's an ideal week on purpose. It's the ideal. And you're going to aim for that ideal, but you're probably rarely going to hit it 100% of the time. And that's okay. It's not not valuable just because you don't hit it. It's, it, it's so important to have that intention. Right. And so for me, it's, hey, if something changes on this, then that's worth a conversation. But otherwise, I'm planning as if these things are the case. And having that direction is so, so powerful. So if you already use an ideal week, you'll love this episode because we're going to go deeper. If you've never tried one, listen up because the reasons we're going to give you will help clarify why it will be so valuable. Yeah. And before we move on, I want to say if you happen to work with somebody that manages your calendar, this is a game changer. So a lot of times, maybe people that have an assistant and they get frustrated with you know their scheduling. And a lot of times that's because they just don't know what the ideal is. Having this ideal week is critical when you have someone that's working on your calendar because then they also know what the ideal is. All right, so the first reason to have an ideal week is it'll give you freedom by setting your own schedule. So often we show up to work without any plan. We just show up and we, hey, what's happening? Yeah, I think most people probably like look at their calendar to see like, do I have any meetings? And then they check their email which is like a great way for all the things everybody else wants you to do. Yeah. And and regardless of your position at your work, you can feel like you're not in control. You know, I know a lot of people that even are the quote unquote boss. When you do a day like that, you feel like you're not in control, even though even in the hierarchy, if you could set your own schedule, you're not because you're just in that reaction. You're, You're coming into the day, seeing what's going on, And you're reacting from the get-go. Yeah, it's literally like 8 a.m. You immediately start into reactive mode. And it's, honestly, that's that's exhausting. And it derails like basically any chance you have at productivity. And what happens is, you know, you react to what everybody else needs from you. And so you shift your own work into all the other crevices of your life. You're like, okay, I've got to do these things for these other people. All these things in my email inbox. And then I've got to work late tonight after, you know, the kids go to bed or after, you know, I go grab some food. It's just work gets put everywhere else and it's exhausting. Yeah, but the ideal week puts you in control. You're in control of your time because you have a default schedule. So you've essentially already pre-programmed what works. You've pre-programmed what matters most. So when a request comes in, and when you set an ideal week, that doesn't magically turn off your email. People are still going to request your time, ask you to do stuff, but you have such a strong filter for knowing, do I really have time to say yes to this? So of course, you always have the freedom to change your schedule, but it's a compass. It's it's a guide for you as you're stepping into your workday. You already have that pre-programmed schedule done. So I think it might be helpful just to give people an idea of what we're talking about to actually run through some examples of what an ideal week might look like. So these are big chunks of time, which we talked about earlier. So for me, on for Monday, 
basically after I get through with my morning ritual. When's your I, morning ritual start? Ideally. Ideally, it starts at 5 a.m. from Gosh, 5 to 6. Such a boss. That's, I like did not want to go into that part, but you're like forcing me to. I want you to. I think it's I think it's helpful for people to understand, like, okay, what do you do in the ideal week? Yeah. Courtney, there's not even a time a row for that. For 5 a.m., that's, that's early. <laughs> it is pretty early. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I've actually talked about it on the podcast. I moved it back to 6 and then... So this is actually good for people to hear because every quarter I review my ideal week and, you know, like I tweak some things. I try it out for a while. It's an experiment. And then I realized, you know what? No, honestly, it has to be if I'm going to work out in the day, it has to be from five to six a.m. Because that's I have a three and a half year old daughter and that's when it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So from five to six, I work out from six to seven. I get ready. It's my morning routine. Uh, from seven to eight, that's an hour I spend totally dedicated to my daughter in the morning and my husband. From eight to eight thirty, I have drive time to get my daughter to school, and then from eight thirty to nine, that is my workday startup. And then it starts big chunks of time. So from nine to twelve, I have internal meetings. Interesting. So I want to pause there as you're sharing that. So an ideal week is used really well when you're essentially putting categorical things on there. Right. Right. So it's, I mean, the morning routine, that's really specific, but when it comes to work, you're not, it's like not necessarily very specific. You're kind of categorical activities. Right. Yeah. I'm kind of batching together. This is when I want to have internal meetings from nine to 12 on Monday. And then I have 30 minutes for, to eat and kind of regroup. And then I have another block from 1230 to four for internal meetings. So Monday ends up being a big day for internal meetings for me. Um, and then I have my work day shut down and then a block of time for driving home. Now that looks different than Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Those days I have time for like, you know, big deep work blocks. But because I've set up Monday the way I have, I get those other big blocks of time to do that. That's really cool. And it leads us to the second reason, which is you can boost your productivity by having an ideal week. And the main way you can do that is once you write down everything that you do, I'll typically do that. When I'm making my ideal week, I will just write down everything that I'll need to do, all the stuff. I'll look back at my past calendar appointments and tasks, look through my planner and see what kind of stuff do I need to do. When you create an ideal week, you recognize, oh, wait a second. (laughs) Why am I having a meeting randomly on Monday and then randomly on Wednesday and then randomly on Thursday? And it breaks up your workday, right? Uh, well, I need to prepare for this meeting. Then we need to debrief after the meeting. And then that meeting may affect what I get done that day. Breaks you out of your work zone. So what you've done is brilliant. You've actually said, hey, on Mondays, let's do all or ideally, let's do all of our internal meetings on Monday so I can just be in meeting mode. And then that frees you up to batch other activities later in the week so you can actually stay focused longer and get more done. You like hit on one of my pet peeves is like little tiny meetings that are all like 30 minutes apart. And it's like in between the meeting, there's like zero you can get done. I mean, it just totally zaps any productivity you might have. I got a question, guys. Can you talk a little bit about... Um, I know sometimes, especially new planner users, they're always trying to figure out what the tension is between how much of their personal life that they implement into the planner versus the work life. And so it sounds like, you know, for for your ideal week, you have a good section of that time. It's going to go towards work. What does what is your ideal week or how do you deal with 
the personal issues and do you schedule those in as blocks of time in your personal ideal week? I love that question. And the short answer is absolutely. So some of you might be listening and maybe you hear Courtney say, hey, I'm going to do all my meetings on Monday. And maybe you think to yourself, well, that would be nice, except I'm the one that just has to show up <laughs> when the boss calls a meeting. I don't really have a say in that. There's an element to, of reaction to my schedule. The truth is for me in my role right now, there's a lot of reaction. People can actually schedule calls with me, right? <laughs> And, and Should we give I, them the link to do that, Blake? Actually, yes. I like when people schedule calls with me. Please do it. But actually, if you want to, businessaccelerator.com slash Blake, go for it. <laughs> but your question, Verbs, of how to use this for your personal life or is that relevant? For me, that is probably 70% of why the ideal week is so valuable is because of personal life. Because I am clearly able, I do my best to create an ideal flow during my work time. But the truth is, I'm in a role right now where I'm reacting a lot. So if that's you, don't let that be a limiting belief to say, well, I can't do an ideal week. You know, I've done trainings on the full focus planner. And sometimes I'll get that question. Well, in my role, well, that would be nice. I can't do an ideal week. It's probably pointless. Whoa, far from the truth. This past quarter, my wife and I reviewed our ideal weeks together. We, we trued that up and it has been so powerful. I, I'm being real, not just for our quote productivity. It's been powerful for our marriage. It's been powerful for our connection to our daughter because just little tweaks, like when are we going to eat dinner and when are we going to do the dishes is a subtle thing that we would just kind of react to day to day. And so what ends up happening is misconnections, a little bit of irritability, things like that. So again, I'm not putting pressure on people. You've got to schedule out every single thing that you do. But for us, where we were at, it helped to go, hey, when are we going to have a time for us? When are we going to have a time to go to church? Which our church has three different services. We did something really unexpected. Once we sketched all this out, we realized, wait a second, we, can, we can't be going to this church service. We're always stressed on Sundays. We, let's go to this like afternoon service. That would be perfect, right? So these are the types of discoveries you make when you pause, reflect, and sketch out your ideal week. Yeah, I'll, I'll echo that. For Saturday, for a long time, when I started using the ideal week, I really just did Monday through Friday. And I realized on Saturdays what was happening, I, if you're listening right now, this may not be a surprise. It's definitely not a surprise to the two people sitting in this room with me. But I kind of like to get things done. You know, like I am productive, not just at work, but also at home. So on Saturday, my MO is like, I get up, like we've got breakfast going. I'm cleaning the kitchen. I'm like, should we clean the garage today? Yes, we should clean the garage today. <laughs> I mean, I just am constantly seeing like, oh, there's things that we could get done. And so I realized I needed to have a block of time where I could, like we could accomplish some of those things, but also have time that was just rest and we're not going to do anything. This is just like pure family relaxation time, or we're going to do a family activity together. And so having that set aside really changed my mindset to how I looked at Saturday. That leads us perfectly into the third reason why the ideal week's so powerful, which is it helps protect your margin because it causes you to set boundaries. So Courtney just brought that up. Unless there's a boundary for relaxation, she will default to achievement mode. 
to getting stuff done mode, which is an amazing trait, but it's a trait that will lead you to exhaustion if you're not careful, right? If you don't set a boundary. A boundary is, when we say the word boundary, we're talking about protecting what's important. And so an ideal week helps you protect what's important. I think the lesson there is schedule your rest before you end up cleaning the garage all day. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Chase Baker, if you're listening right now. <laughs> I think one thing you hit on there is personal margin is what suffers. You know, we just work will flow into every crevice. We talked about that earlier. We will just push it both personal work and professional cleaning the garage or just your professional work. If your calendar is filled with all the other things, there's just nowhere else for it to go, but into your personal margin. And then at the end, that's when we feel overwhelmed and frustrated and where we dread Monday. Something Michael says that the first time he said it, I thought it was kind of funny and a very Enneagram three thing of him to say, Mm -hmm. which is it's about creating a game you can win. Yeah. (laughs) And at first I was like, oh, you know, that's funny. That's kind of cute. But it really is true. So often we, with our weeks, we're playing a game that we can't win. We're trying to get way too much done or we're exhausting ourselves. We're waking up in the, the middle of the night because we're not sure if we did enough. We're not sure if the game, you know, you talk about boundaries Michael brought this up in in one of our last team meetings, but it's like football. You know where the end zone is. You know where out of bounds is. There's clear boundaries, so you know where you need to get to before you call it done. Yeah, and we're going to go into rituals in an upcoming episode, which I'm really excited about. And part of those startup and shutdown rituals is they mark that clear start and stop for the day. So and if you're not familiar with those, I think that's an important part of your ideal week. But even if you you don't know what those are, you know, going ahead and mapping out what these really important pre-programming the most important things, things like family dinner, time with friends, your hobbies, you know, if you're a religious person, you know, when your worship time is going to be and for people like me, rest. So before we move on, I think this is really important. So we personally, you and I and Verbs, we all have an ideal week, our personal ideal week. But we also at Michael Hyatt and Company have a company ideal week. And if you are in leadership at a company, this is literally game changing. So at Michael Hyatt and Company, um, you know, we have some guidelines on which days for internal meetings, external meetings. But the biggest key is we have a day that is meeting free. That's part of our ideal week. And it really allows all of our staff to also have a meeting-free day on their ideal week and know that everybody else is meeting-free. It's really hard to have a meeting-free day when, you know, your boss is wanting you to meet with them. You know, you can't. It's not possible. So being able to set that as a priority for your company and roll that out can really give your staff some deep work and a sense of ownership in, in their calendar. That's a great tip. All right, so to review, if you're starting every week with the best of intentions, but it's still blurring past you and you're exhausted, then it's time to revisit the ideal week for three reasons. Reason number one, it'll give you freedom by setting your own schedule. Reason two, it'll boost your productivity by batching your activities. And reason three, it will protect your margin 
by setting boundaries. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you're going to take back control of your time and you're going to love Mondays again. Now, if you are ready to try this out or maybe you even want to kind of sketch this out before you put it in your planner, go to focusonthispodcast.com slash ideal week and you'll be able to print that out. Try it. You know, what can it hurt? Exactly. And you know what might happen for those of you that are trying it for the first time is you'll experiment with it and you'll realize, oh, that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember when I, this usually happens in the first couple of weeks of the quarter because I'll make changes to my ideal week. And this, this happened last week during my weekly preview, you know, that after action review, I was chatting with my wife who we always do our weekly preview together. And it was, hey, what didn't work? And it was like, oh, you know, it didn't work. Setting this is our ideal time for X, Y, and Z. That was very stressful. So what do we need to change about that? And then we shifted our ideal week. So even if you've committed it to your planner, of course, you can always cross stuff out. I actually, for that reason, I like to have a digital copy as well. I create a, a calendar in Google that's titled Ideal Week. And I talk. it's not always visible, but I'll toggle it on and off. When I do my weekly preview, I toggle it on to see, oh, yeah, what did my appointments really reflect my ideal week? Uh, so if you're just getting started, take it easy on yourself. Yeah. It'll take a little bit of practice. Yeah. And also, I know I mentioned this at, earlier in the episode, but if you have someone that handles your calendar for you, this digital version is a great way to get started or even mapping it out on this free download and then handing it to the person that manages your calendar. Total game changer. I know there's a lot of listeners there who are just trying to figure out really how this ideal week fits into their lives and hopefully into their planners. And so take some time, think about what you've heard and what Blake and Courtney have been talking about. And uh, if you have any questions, of course, the place you want to go is the Full Focus Planner community right there on Facebook. All you need to do is search in Facebook for Full Focus Planner community and you will be right in the mix with all of the other planner users there. Uh, I have one more thing I want to do before I hand it over, guys. As you know, Blake, you always love hearing reviews, and there's a lot of people who are leaving great reviews of the podcast. So today I'm sending out a shout out to Gregory Riley. He says, I listened to a few podcasts, and this is one I'm so excited about, especially after the one I just listened to. I applied what they were teaching, and I solved my problem. Now I am a regular listener. That's after one episode, guys. Gregory. Great job. <laughs> shout out to Gregory. All right. So any final thoughts for the focus on this listeners? Before the final thought, I have one more question. I think some people listening may be wondering as well. What do you say to the person who who feels like they don't have total control over their schedule? There's a lot of things that move around. There are random meetings that are sprinkled throughout the week. How do you how do you deal with that when you feel like you just don't have control over your your total schedule to to actually create an ideal week? I love that question. We covered part of the answer earlier, which is. There is always land that is yours to tend to. There's always some autonomy you have. Courtney could have made the excuse, hey, I have a three-year-old and she has needs and I need to be a mom so I can't exercise. That would be a limiting belief. Instead, you know, you have to have conversations with Chase and say, hey, listen, here's when I probably need to go to bed because I'd like to exercise, which means this has to happen early in the morning, right? 
that's taking ownership of of an area where you do have autonomy. So my first response is, where do you have autonomy? And are you practicing ownership in that area? I think that's an important question to answer first before you try to tackle areas where you don't have total autonomy because you don't want to get autonomy before you really have proven to yourself that you can kind of really handle that. I mean, that's just how I look at it. I'm, I'm coming to the the listener, if, if you have that question, as someone that's in that place right now where I don't have total autonomy over my schedule. So that's my first, the first part of the answer. The second part is... I think it's important to know when you have a boss and you're not the boss to do two things. One, honor your boss by doing what they ask you to do. And two, honor your boss by understanding what they really want. Mm. So when in doubt, you've got to do what you've been asked to do. You can't say, sorry, Michael Hyatt says no meetings today. (laughs) But so you have to honor your boss in that way. And guess what? When you do that on a regular basis, you tend to get more freedom. The second part of that is understand what they really want. Because if you understand what they really want, then you can propose certain changes based on not what you want or what would be great for you, but what is their key objective. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So if you came to me and said, you know, I want to propose possibly moving our one-on-one time because if we moved this, it would allow me to get more traction on this big goal. And, you know, hey, Courtney, I know this big goal is really important to you and I want to give it everything I got. If we could move this, you know, by using it in a way that gets me what I want, it almost assures you that you're going to get what you want. So it's a little bit of salesmanship, but it's important, I think, to really approach it from that place of humility and understanding, well, what does, you know, d- has my boss established you know, maybe a KPI or a key performance indicator for me? How do I know that I'm winning? How do I know that I'm doing a great job here? And if you are unclear about that, well, start there. That's the conversation to have here with the boss. Sure. Hey, what would it look like if I crushed it this quarter? And they said, well, if you did this, this, and this, and then take that and go, hey, you know what helped me do this, this, and this? What if we did, you know, I had Thursdays, no meetings, and I could go deep on that type of project. Mm -hmm. I think that's where that begins. That's good. So I hope that was helpful to you. If if that's where you're at in your working life, this has been another episode of Focus on This. We really appreciate you spending time with us. Yeah, this is the most productive podcast on the internet. So please share it with your friends. Remember the hashtag? focus on this podcast. I and love, I love how humble yet matter of fact you are. It's the most productive podcast on the internet. <laughs> Not apologetic. No. Yeah. Uh, and don't forget about that download. If you want to download the ideal right. week, it's at focus on this podcast.com slash ideal week. That's right. And we will see you here next Monday for another great episode. We are going to talk about something that I think everyone can relate to. And it's Freddie Prince Jr. Totally can't wait for that one. (laughs) So until then, stay stay focused. This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by the newly designed Full Focus Notebooks to help you capture genius whenever it strikes. Learn more at focusonthispodcast.com slash notebook.